Capcom presents. You still haven't figured it out. Allow me to clarify. Tomorrow the U.S. will suffer a mild terrorist attack. After that, China. And then major cities all around the world will suffer the same fate. At the hands of Neo Umbrella's very own Ada Wong. I certainly do. Now you gotta you gotta hold it like a baby and croon at it. You're holding it backwards too. You got the baby upside down. There, talking talking to the front. Is it time to rock the mic with the pantyhose? This is all going in the show, by the way. That's fine. And welcome to another stunning episode of the Capcom Community Official Podcast. This is uh, one of your hosts, Brett Elston, along with two regular co-hosts. Uh, Greg Moore here. My name is Seth Killing. You're talking in the wrong part of the mic. I can't believe this. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all very confusing. Uh, so we left our mic stand. Well, we didn't leave our mic stands. We just got our stuff back in from E3, like literally right now. Uh, and it's still in crates in this room. And we just unpacked the ne- necessary parts to record this show. So we're talking into mics that should have mic stands, but holding them at awkward angles, uh, which Seth seems to be incapable of sorting out. <laughs> uh, Greg has the standby Mike, which now in this hey. case is actually the superior mic. I, yeah, the upper hand time. is on the other foot. Right. So I can't tell if I want to make a plock joke or a Rayman joke. Mm, I vote against both. Okay. <laughs> Plock's going to come back. You'll see. If we ever figure out who has the rights to that, we'll, one day someone will. <laughs> uh, that was me, by the way. I own Plock. That won't happen. Uh, yeah, well, this is our first post E3 episode. Um, obviously, E3 was last week as of this recording, and big, big show for every company out there. Lots of cool stuff shown. Uh, Wii U kind of unveiled. Uh, hopefully, more to come to show us uh, what else they've got in store and what the launch lineup will be. New news on 3DS, Vita, PS3, 360. Everybody had a good showing. Uh, something, something cool for everybody to get excited about. And I also feel that the offerings that Capcom had uh, were also quite good, if I may say so. I would say above par. I really do. <laughs> Don't oversell it, Greg. And we didn't <laughs> yeah. above par. So we're at six to seven. Well, range I'm just here. proud that none of our games had names like Kill Blood or Well, there's that Blood Blood. <laughs> Fair enough. They you're, did. You're in a marketing department, is that correct? Uh, <laughs> they were Blood Blood. That should be the name of the game. Well, <laughs> that almost certainly was a character in the '90s. Yeah, good old image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, not a lot of new uh, stuff to report on that we wouldn't have covered in our live streams and on Unity from last week. But in the interest of keeping our podcast schedule up, we can kind of talk about what we showed, what we streamed, and maybe some uh, what's happened since then. Um, in general, uh, RE6 obviously was the big big part of the show. And I know there was a part um, piece of it shown in the Microsoft press conference, and uh, it was obviously very explosive and crazy fast and uh, had Leon going nuts in it, but, you know... Not not entirely representative of Leon gameplay, not, I would yes. say. <laughs> I think it was it was chosen. Uh, I would I would say because that makes for a very flashy demo and makes for a cool stage presence. And and you know a little inside baseball that was actually chosen by Microsoft rather than Capcom. I mean it is oh, part of the game, certainly. But Microsoft saw a lot of footage, and mm. I think probably whoever was making that choice, uh, it's certainly a cool looking piece of footage. Mm-hmm. But you know I don't think probably whoever made that choice at Microsoft was aware of the whole Leon. We, what we're the history, to yeah, the yeah. fact that his gameplay tends towards the horrific side of, yep. uh, you know, an RE2 kind of look. So that's definitely the flashiest stuff that ever happens to Leon. That's, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think they grabbed it for that rather than, you know. So I, I, I think the, the general story of Leon, mm-hmm. more horror-focused kind of classic Resident Evil gameplay yep. is true, although not, not, not what you would take away from looking at that clip. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not 100%. It's clearly not 100% RE4 uh, style lurking in the shadows and climbing through trees and stuff or, or you know, weaving in between old, uh, I'm trying to think of like dead winter trees with no leaves on them, uh, the bleak outlook of RE4. Um, but still, tall oaks infested with zombies, obviously a large part of Leon's uh, story. But um, And then as we, one of the big points we revealed was the crossover gameplay where as you see in the trailers and stuff, uh, like Leon and partner um, Helena Harper will meet up with the other two campaigns, and they kind of interweave. Uh, at certain key points, these campaigns will meet up. So when you play Leon's campaign or Chris's campaign or Jake's campaign, you can play them all one shot yourself, 
or play them co-op with a friend or zigzag between them, play a little bit of Jake, play a little bit of Chris, bounce back to Leon, then back to, you know, it's kind of up to you. But the, at key points, Leon will run into Chris or Leon will run into Jake. And that's part of the story. But then when you play their campaigns on the other side, you'll see how Chris met Leon, not how Leon met Chris. And get to see how they all kind of connect together. And I think it's a pretty cool, an extra incentive to want to play all three campaigns. Obviously, you would anyway if you bothered to pay for the yeah. game. But that little extra, they're not totally isolated. They all have like some crescendo. I'm assuming they all lead to something or at the very least acknowledge each other, which is kind of cool. And and you're playing with strangers, potentially. You can, potentially. Yeah, the crossover can be, you know, I mean, you can make those choices for yourself in advance of playing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm open to playing with random strangers as Chris who may run into me or I I don't want right. weirdos. I, I would like to just play with an AI. <laughs> yeah, or I'm sure you could coordinate with friends and make so that you're the people that you see, I don't know how the matchmaking, I don't know how all that stuff works, but like, I'm sure there are ways to play with people you want or, or not. It's definitely cool. Uh, it's a cool idea. I did yeah. get to play some of it. We haven't shown that piece yet, but I've obviously, you know, we've got piece, you know, the game builds of it in the building, obviously, and been able to, you know, see uh, see and play parts of it. And it's, the, the part I played with some crossover elements was really cool. Like, just everyone had something else to do. There was a, something else going on. It was just a really cool moment as well. So, I'm not sure when we'll actually show all this stuff, but... We do have stuff coming up at Comic-Con, obviously. We'll have some, you know, we'll continue the RE6 messaging there. And I know uh, the feedback definitely was people concerned about, you know, the lack of horror elements shown at at, um, at E3. So I wouldn't be surprised if moving forward we try to show, like, no, 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 Leon, we weren't just blowing smoke up your butt. There really is a... <laughs> <laughs> there really is. We uh, may also do that. I just, may just you know, not metaphorically. Not metaphorically. It'll be an e-cigarette, um, so it'll be not actual smoke, but like vanilla coffee flavor. Glycol. I'm just so impressed that you know you see how much the series has changed over time. But um, if you think about it, all these are things that were introduced very early in the series. The interweaving plot lines with multiple characters. Yeah, already too. All the mobility that you have with your character now is kind of uh, uh, evolution of the quick dodge they introduced in RE3. Mm. Um, Which just c- comes back for great use in Revelations as well. Yeah, even the controls when they changed things in RE4, the, you know, all they changed was the camera. The tank controls were as they had been in RE1, if you think about it. Generally, but generally, I mean, uh, you could you obviously add more. I'm gonna make a heavy. Fact, well, the fact that you're still. Sound. Well, think about it. Like I do when you, I push you hit up, left I don't and right to pivot your character, and right. then up is always up forward. to go. All they did was change it to a camera where that made more sense. No. It's, it's and not, now you can aim because it's a 3D game. Right. It's not. It, there are there are parallels. I agree, but I do make that noise. All right. I'm gonna be done making that noise. <laughs> Got it out of my system. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I had a ton of fun. I got a chance to play the demo ahead of time, so I could we we did the live streams, and I got to play Jake, Chris, and Leon's demos at campaigns, and uh, I love the mobility. Like, I love diving, rolling, and I I we I don't feel like we got that across as well as I would have liked during E3. Yeah, mobility is definitely one of those overlooked stories because yep. uh, Chris and well, I mean all the characters really, but Chris in particular is just all over the place it's just you've got a lot of cool options a lot of like uh what are they contextual moments like interrupting other enemies attacks smashing their heads against objects in the environment with unique animations for those things and these are just simple button presses to to do this stuff but it looks cool and also like we said the diving the rolling sliding on the ground like uh, this gets into hyperbole for sure but uh i know if i were still in the press and writing and i'm a huge fan of four i i Absolutely adore RE4, and you know, by extension, I enjoyed RE5, although I do acknowledge that it veered pretty far from what you'd call horror. They had horror elements. As, ah, I have my own reasoning for that. But RE4 changed. It was a literal game changer. Like, guess what? Every game that uses third-person view is going to use this from now on. Like, it's there's it works. It works no matter if you're doing a slow third-person game or a fast third-person game. This view is tops. Batman, Mass Effect, Dead Space. Uncharted. Uncharted. Gears of War. G- GTA 4. Everything and RE4 kind of pioneered and perfected that look. I wouldn't say perfected; it's been iterated upon, obviously, over the years. But mm-hmm. um, a, a brilliant move. And I don't want to say RE6 goes to the same level of making me uh, for a third-person shooter because it's not it's not that big of a, of a of a step. But that mobility that you have with those characters. Since I've gone back and I've been playing, catching up on some of the games I haven't got to finish yet, or just multiplayer uh, that I've still totally enamored with with other games like been playing a crap load of mass effect 3 multiplayer and obviously catching up with uncharted 3 but uh just that mobility like i now like when i can't slide and when i can't just get all over the place very quickly and hop over you know the the waist high thing that stops every third person character can't do it but this you can hop hop on hop over or if you're already running in stride you just 
automatically slide right over it, kind of like a Zelda style. There's a hole here, and you just Link just automatically jumps kind of thing. Just a lot of mobility. I just felt always in control, had a ton of options at my command, and I, like it really made other third-person shooters that I'm playing right now feel kind of slow. I don't know if that'll actually bear out to like be such a game changer, or if it works for every game the same way it works for every six. But and, and just sort of one final note on that horror element, as far as like the kind of things that's easier to show at a show. Yeah, horror doesn't work very well as like a quick demo or yep. something to pick up and like I'm ready for five minutes of a horror game play. Right, yeah, it's, it's going to be super tense and I'm going to really. Int- yeah. It works better as sort of a home experience where you Definitely. spend a little more time with it. Mm-hmm. You sink into the mood. You get sort of atmospheric. Because part of what makes horror work is sort of what's not happening, mm-hmm. uh, as well as what is. You sort of build to those kinds of things. So that's not always as great a demo uh, yep. kind of piece. And so you also that, don't... that may be part of the explanation why you haven't seen as much of that yet. Yeah, and I'd also say you don't want you don't want to show all these great horror elements too much because I don't want those elements spoiled for me. It's mm-hmm. not scary if I've already seen it in a room full of five hundred people at Comic Con. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, that's that thing that happened. And maybe in the maybe it's kind of a thrill in that audience, but like I have no investment in it. I'm not playing it, so it's it's tough to get across for sure. But uh, I I definitely think we'll try to get that across, and you don't have to worry that Leon's going to be doing wheelies the whole game. That's <laughs> certainly not the case. God bless wheelies. Look, I don't want to put down wheelies or even wheelie from Transformers by extension, or the wheelies from that Return to Us. Thank you. I would put them down, but I'm too scared. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. Um, not since the Skeksis have I been there. Skeksis, what's that? Dark Crystal. Oh, I only saw that once, like as a kid. So. Smart move. Oh, Very really? Scary. No, it's <laughs> oh. a great, great film. But uh, well, maybe great film is putting it too strong. Had a lot, lot of impact on me mm. as a kid. But uh, that's how I feel about Neverending Story. Yeah, kind of spooky, except the flying dragon dog. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, great. You say oh. dragon dog. Dragon dog, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ma. Dragon dog sperm. Do we want to go there? No. He yeah. does, does have a look. Does look a lot like a sperm. Just we were one. going for more of a dragon's dogma. A hairy but, uh, sperm. <sighs> yeah. We finally brought this podcast into the toilet. It's good. <laughs> Why is there sperm in the... What is this, like episode seven? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was quick. A lot faster than I thought it would take. Let's be done with the potty mouth. Literal potty mouth. Can't over say here. the word sperm. Yeah, RE6, obviously more to come. Uh, DMC was the other big one that we showed, and it got a really good reception. Ooh, and yeah. I know there's a constant kind of struggle to message this game but it all comes down to combat does the game feel good to yeah. play good and the reaction from e3 was a pretty unanimous yes um, yeah it's one of those things totally. that you can hear us talk about it right uh and i agree don't not to just take it because we said it i know totally, yeah, i totally get it but that's why we have it out at shows so yeah. please come by play it doubt all you want you know some of us internally were had questions as well it was like you know well it's almost it would almost be weird to just sort of immediately be on board with something so drastically different, you know. If you're a DMC fan, you see this thing. It's a different team. It's a different look for the character. Most things about it look different at face value, but um, you get your hands on it. And uh, I'm at a point now where any, any moment that I'm not playing the game, I wish I was playing the game. Yep. Yeah, I do. I do find myself sort of thinking about it, and it's to me, it's not just. The, I love the combat as well, but I also like weird movement options so there's you know the dodging and the rolling and the dash canceling and then mm. the air dash and all that like that i get very nerdy mm. about the properties on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh that's one of the things i really enjoyed trying to to you know, glitch out a little bit and mm. you know push it push it to its logical conclusion uh and that's been a ton of fun and you know it's it's hopefully it's starting to get to the point where it's not just people from capcom saying this you know now you're seeing a lot of press come into the yep. into the area and you're hearing their reactions and uh, even if even if we're getting paid off to be like, hey, it's great. Like, we don't have enough money to pay off all those people. To pay, so. up, yeah. to pay up everyone. <laughs> well, it's funny. Ruben Langdon, who played uh, the old Dante. Um, and Ken Masters and, and Chris Ken, Redfield. Chris Redfield. Strikingly looks like Dante Ken. Masamune yeah. as well. He played Dante and Dante. But um, he showed up. We didn't even know he was around until, what, like 15 minutes before he came on. Yeah. And uh, I was a little nervous to ask him about DMC. Because obviously he's not playing Dante now, but um, he brought it up of his own volition, and he's like, "I finally got my hands on it. I played it for like thirty, forty minutes, and it's awesome. It's everything DMC was and more." And yep. he was just totally on board. It was and really we, cool. And him. we struggled with the way to message that. I mean, obviously yeah. it was on a live stream, but we struggled, you know, trying how to like, how can we say this without looking like, see, this guy yeah, said yeah, it's yeah, cool because that's tough. But it's like at the end of the day, it's true. We just had 
Dante say Dante, the new Dante in the new game is good. So like, of course, that's yeah. that's something you want to you want to have out there. And you know, and, I, this doesn't have to win over every single person. Right. I understand character loyalty and being like, this is the this is the guy I know. I never want him to change. Uh, and you know, if that's the case, maybe this is not the game for you. But definitely give it a chance. And for anybody else that's you know primarily interested in the combat and the you know the action kind of stuff, mm-hmm. as well as the you know the the flair of DMC. Uh, flair is definitely in there. It's definitely there's it's undeniably DMC flavored. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you think this is you know the, the exact thing you want, maybe it maybe it isn't. But it's DMC flavored. I think it's a ton of fun. The game plays well. So for anybody that's you know not you know, married to the exact details of, of uh, OG Dante, you really owe it to yourself to, to come by and pick this up because uh, everyone's reaction. I mean, pe- the press are honestly like, I was not expecting to like this, and yeah. I do. I, this is the third time I played through, and, uh, you know, that's that says something when it starts to pile up to the degree that it has. Yeah, and another, I mean, this again is, you can, obviously it's coming from the horse's mouth, but uh <laughs> We obviously have to represent a lot of titles on Unity, you know, like we get assi- like we decide, oh, I'm going to, you know, I handle all the Resident Evil stuff, and Craig's been doing DMC, he's taking over Lost Planet 3, so we'll often, you know, there have been games, uh, obviously, in the past where, yeah, we're, you know, we'll talk about the title, we'll talk about what's good and what's strong about each game, but not every game can be such, a, you know, a home run winner, it's just not the way things happen, And but the the difference is, whenever you're done, do you keep playing the game when it's not your job, and Greg has made it his business to continue playing DMC, even when yeah. his practice was more than ample to play on the stream and be good. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I did it with our excuses. <laughs> I know I did yeah. it with RE6 as well, though. I just kept playing, even when we were done streaming. I'm like, right, we got 30 minutes. I'm gonna play through Chris again, yeah. and I want to do Jake two more times because I can get through that really quick. I'll see how much time I can shave off because I had to time myself for reasons we won't go into. But uh, <laughs> both of those games are just like obviously Lost Planet Three. I, I we played the demo that's that's there. Well, I guess we can segue into that. Uh, mm-hmm. So we playable version of the demo we showed at uh, a Captivate where it was announced, and uh, it's a good demo. And now we just kind of got to see what the next what 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 what's in store. We had a producer on showed kind of the new take on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, multiplayer is coming, but you know what those details are, we're still not sure. It's but a, it's an interesting take on multiplayer. I'll say that. So. I've heard like rumblings of things about it that yeah, I thought so I, I shan't. Right, be the one to spill the bean. <laughs> the bean. beans, but just the, the bean. bean. Yes, I. Yeah. Trying to lose weight. Uh, just, <laughs> just the bean. Um, Verbal but it's, weight. It's some cool stuff. Yeah, there's some some really neat uh, ideas in the multiplayer. But yeah, I'm just struck by because yeah, I remember when I saw you know heard the heard the early pitch for uh, Lost Planet Three, and they were talking about you know the atmosphere, and this guy is going to really be a a guy mm. that you know you can get a little bit more of a handle you know i mean the in lost planet 2 there wasn't a super strong sense of personality around any of the characters right it was sort of a more global kind of scale right. and political factions and all that um and frankly when i heard the, the pitch for lost planet 3 with like you know this is a real guy and you'll understand his motivations and be able to you know he's a more relatable character i was like yeah cram it you know it's like <laughs> i'm all about i'm all about grappling and blowing orange parts off aliens yep. and uh um but frankly, I've been I've been won over by that. Uh, I thought they really sort of pulled it off. Like it's got a great great soundtrack. Um, Jack Wall, yeah, it's it's beautiful stuff. Um, the way the light hits the ice and all that, and uh, you know, you really do have some sense of who this guy is and why he's doing what he's doing. And yeah. it, it's I'm not a story guy in games at all. I, I can't attest. I can, I can attest right. to this. Yes, I, I will lecture about you. Know, this like, is one thing down with story on, but I yeah. I felt the same way, you know. I I almost never won over by a story or characters, but this one got me. It's just yeah, it's working. It's working, and the gameplay seems to be there as well. So it's like you're you're in the cockpit, you're out of the cockpit, you're grabbing an acrid with with your VS, with your clamps. Then you're, yeah, then you're don't call it a VS. It's a utility rig. Utility rig precursor to the precursor yeah, yeah. precursor to the vital suit. I know. Which it took me. It took me two games to stop calling vital suits Max. It because yeah. come on. I know. I feel like Come on, Mech everybody! Is, I feel like Mech, in some weird way, is a trademark to somebody. It's probably branded. Probably, probably, yeah. probably owe somebody five bucks for. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Greg Meckerson. Somewhere he's like, I licensed that with my name. Thank you very much, robotics expert Greg Meckerson. Um, yeah. No, I was such a huge fan of the first one, and that's kind of what I got to go to Osaka to Capcom HQ back when uh, LP2 was first announced, and I got to go like see and do the first hands-on of the game actually and the first thing they showed was a salamander boss fight and i'm like 
what this is so much and it was it was seemed really cool but then as, as i learned more i was like oh there's no like hero and while i couldn't tell you the specifics of the story of lost planet one i remember that there was one wayne and i remember wayne i remember his name and i'm like hmm. i remember there's a general story with him and it gave me motivation to play through each stage and then when i started playing two i'm like i don't i mean i like the mechanics of two because i like the mechanics of one and i like the multiplayer but without and right, you're a big fan of Lost Planet 2. I am a fan of 2, yeah. Which shows I'm, us, again, why we disagree on everything. Right. But uh, I challenge you yeah. to recount, even in broad strokes, the story of Lost Planet nope. 2. <laughs> yep, no, no again, man. Well, that's, that's one thing I liked about it is that, you know, it's like I'm so not a story guy. And I can appreciate I to a degree, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think even things like Mario Galaxy start getting into an area where it's like, there's so much, too much story in this Mario game because I don't need a reason to have fun. I just want to go have fun. And Lost yeah. Planet 2 can work on that level where it's like, I don't care why I'm blowing up giant bugs. I, yeah. I want to blow up giant bugs. Exactly. I just wanted to throw grenades in the f- form of a frisbee. This is what wishes for giant bugs to be yeah. exploded to be by exploded. rockets. Thank you. Exactly. Possibly pass through their intestinal tracts. <laughs> so yes, obviously none of this has anything to do with Lost Planet 3. Other, right. than, other than Well, you know, it's funny. You know, uh, the producer, Andrew, uh, came on the stream and uh, he had a lot of interesting stuff to say. Apparently... Um, what they're doing with this game is actually more along the lines of what uh, Ogros on the, I guess, the, the original the, director. The series director, yeah. He's been he, on um, yeah. Oh, yeah, What he had in mind to begin with in, in preliminary talks. He said it was a PS2 for, game originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was supposed to be more about exploring this quote-unquote lost planet and uh, less of a linear thing. But I guess... Uh, when it went to 360 and shooters were big and they had all this uh, new technology, they sort of changed uh, changed paths and became very much a third-person shooter. It was very linear. And it was cool what it did, but um, now they're kind of bringing it back. It's almost like a weird director's cut. And it's the same director on all three games. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of a little bit of you know well, going backwards cred to be like, well, the guy who kind of led yeah. it is, is definitely still here. Yeah, the game's gone through some different producers, but Aguro-san has always been sort of uh, identified as the heart of the project. Mm-hmm. And that guy, I remember during the end of Lost Planet 1 and 2, was literally living <laughs> in the office and uh, <laughs> just sort of so committed to this game and you know going back over it and over it and... Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a very, very dedicated guy, nice guy, and uh, really loves the Lost Planet world. And hopefully, we'll see his vision emerge in Lost Planet Three. Yes, yes. And we also showed off uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken Vita, which I mean, kind of speaks for itself as to what it is. But I mean, the big feature was crossplay, being able to play on Vita and PS3. Kind of crossplay kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> it is what it is. Like you can play on Vita and play someone who has a PS3 and vice versa. So yeah, it was an awkward juncture in some of our interviews. It was yeah. Like. So what's the new feat? Crossplay. What does that do? Well, it's Vita and PlayStation Three. Okay then. Yeah, yeah. it's like Got it, it totally works. Like I mean, this was yeah. a lot of work for uh, engineers, and it, but it's a cool. It's a. It, it's not the most thrilling feature to look at, but it is very cool to play. Yeah. And uh, you know, just the idea that you're you know able to either use your Vita as a controller for your PS3 game, or just play on your Vita against people on PS3. Lots of things. And then the other thing we got. Um, First chance to uh, go hands-on with the 12 new characters on PS3 yep. as well. So that'll be good stuff. And uh, I'm assuming Lars is going to be one of the strong new ones. <laughs> yeah, Lars is actually pretty darn good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I still want, I can't wait to do Blanca-Sakura Blancara combo. Good, good luck with your Blanca. I know. I don't have... I'm not even going to mention Guy, except that I just did. But I don't want to get into you know, it guys, you. Guys, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's... Uh, Hard to translate some of guys. Um, not hard to translate, but he's an interesting transition from sort of traditional Street Fighter in the Alpha series and on into four uh, into the uh, into the world of Cross Tech and Vita, just because the way juggling works. Mm-hmm. So now everybody has chain combos. That was always one of guys' advantages. Yeah, he has chain combos. Everyone's got those now, so that's not as big of a thing. Mm-hmm. But his aerial mobility actually ends up being a lot more valuable huh. than it was, I think, previously. In in some games, I'd say his we're starting to get nerdy now, but sorry, I'll, I'll be done soon. This is the um, place for it. Yes, his aerial mobility and his his giant floaty jump, which he could cancel with an elbow or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. wasn't one of his strengths. I would say it was one of his his challenges. It created some opportunities, but overall, it was uh, not a strength for him. He was in the air a long time, and uh, it was a weakness. So he always had to approach on the ground. But now in cross tech, and you can get away with a lot more of that. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it, he plays out uh, interestingly. So I'll be excited to see what everyone does with him. 
I was also excited to see, uh, well, I just generally like these, you know, minutes long kind of mini story, not, it's not story mode, obviously, but just like kind of mini movies that have been coinciding with uh, new assets as they come out for Cross Tekken. And then, oh, those movies are gorgeous. The new one, like that has Blanca and Soccer in an airport and like, uh, what, a, I don't really pay attention to what anyone else did. I just pay, I just watched <laughs> those two. But, you know, you're missing out. Those that they are actually like, the trailers for Cross Tekken are legitimately pretty awesome. They're great. And I, you know, hope that's kind of the precursor to doing something more with that in the future but that's hmm. for what they are they're really pretty they look nice and i like the the voice work is fun and just seeing those characters in a scenario generally i wouldn't think street fighter story works because even i who generally can get absorbed into canon pretty easily and want to care like i want to care about just about any game i play street fighter was always like i don't care why M. bison is doing <laughs> i don't it doesn't matter psycho crusher shut up anybody who wears a hat like that just has to create some sort of just, evil organization yeah, just, or just tournament go be, go be evil yeah. but then you know seeing them in this context is kind of like well it just all got it's almost a cannonball run-esque thing to get to antarctica so it's kind of fun <laughs> to see how they all struggle to get there and then the challenges that they have so those are fun so we've had we have them on unity but you can probably also find them on youtube but uh just cross tech and vita specifically um these like eight minute trailer just a just a mini movie um yeah, that's kind of uh, our E3 uh, high points. Obviously, we announced um, at this week, which we kind of showed at E3, but not really, which is kind of confusing, the cross in for iPad, um, which kind of continues the trend of uh, Street Fighter 4 Volt and has, you know, touch controls, but it, it plays with the way gyms work and the way you tag in and out partners. Um, I only got t- time to fiddle with it a little bit, but it's not quite the same as the way the console one works. You know, there's some concessions made to be for mobile, but I actually... Like much like for Volt, when you look at or just even Street Fighter for iPhone, when you're playing it, you're like, or when you see it on paper, you're like, this can't work. Don't believe you. And then you play it, and you're like, well, yeah, I'm waiting. This bus is 20 minutes late. Now I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> like I've spent layovers at airports just playing Street Fighter Four because my DS was dead, or well, my 3DS was dead. That's probably more accurate. And uh, just actually got some good time with it. it. It's oddly compelling. They did a really nice yeah. job on this. So it's a very it's a thoughtful port. Yeah. Um, they have a cross button uh, on the face of it now. Mm. Um, to complement punches and kicks and, and special, uh, it really, you know, works well. But again, I think you already hit it. For anybody that would have thought Street Fighter Four on iPhone, iPad would be just a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they've been shown to be proven wrong now with those uh, quality ports and cross tech and yep. or Street Fighter cross tech on the Vita or excuse me on uh, on iOS 5. iOS yes on iOS five uh, on your iPad the, two new iPad and iOS 4s and all other manner of letters and numbers. Will it support Retina display? Uh, it will support your eyes. There you go. Uh, does that they count? Have retinas. Support Actually, don't retinas. know if it takes takes advantage of the new screen. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna say no in case it does. Then we're all pleasantly surprised. Let's just say yes. Let's go out there and right. create some false headlines. But then I have to apologize if it's wrong. Yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> Never apologize. But uh, I also I hadn't played it, but MVC2 for iPad I finally got to play with, and it just, again, I just love seeing sprites on a screen that looks that nice. It just looks really cool. It's got the same Dreamcast UI yeah. back oh, again, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Ma- which made me happy because I played a lot of Dreamcast. God, yeah, the sounds of... the first training mode that I crunched a lot on. The sound of moving between those icons, that boom, boom, that's, that's burned into my brain. Very pleasant. Yeah, that sound immediately makes me Pavlov like into a happy place. Like, <laughs> Just a happy yes, drool. Yes. <laughs> I am going to practice my sun-sun combos. <laughs> yeah. Which came to naught, as it turned out. <laughs> as it turned out, 10 years of ten years of research, sun-sun is not good. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've isolated this. But I guess, I guess we're a little too far from Evo to get into it but i mean le- leading into evo which is close it's the next kind of big event for capcom at least you know we're related to it it's not our event by for, by by far but uh ultimate marvel i think we maybe talked about this last time but going into it just kind of the state since we we're talking about mvc2 and you know 10 years it took to digest that game how we're going into marvel 3 and there's still stuff being detected i mean we talked about it on the stream but we haven't really talked about it here just how morgan right now is op and yeah. Whereas like two months ago, three months ago, that was not the case, and no, yeah, one, no one would have thought Rocket Raccoon would have amounted to new technology all the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really interesting to watch the meta game develop there, and people develop de- developing tactics, and then counter tactics, and now maybe Dormammu beats Morgan and a couple other characters. You know, um, we've seen some Modok players of all things able yeah. to really effectively fight Morgan as well. So it's like. Modok, who before was sort of a you know a circus show that wasn't quite <laughs> able to hack it with some of the big boys, and you know just uh, going head to head chain combo kind of combat 
uh, now plays maybe a more interesting role in a metagame, and uh, that's going to keep going on for a long time, and I think it's already proven that it's following in the same kind of footstep as Marvel 2, yeah. as far as the things you think you know keep keep evolving rather quickly yeah. as players uh, get creative. And people keep asking, like, I've, I mean, people, just, I see on stream when we're streaming Ultimate Marvel, even when I'm watching a stream at home, like I watched what East Coast on Sunday, I think it was. The East Coast Throwdown. Yes, I watched that on the finals on Sunday, and it was still people in the chat, which was going by at a <laughs> light speed. Um, amidst the slurs. Amidst and, yeah. the, you gotta, man, there's, a, there's yes. a minefield cesspool that you have to, <laughs> why would you put mines in the cesspool? <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone thought to sneak through here. In there, you'd still see, oh, is this game, they going to announce a new patch? Are they going to announce a new, you know, major rebalance? And it's like, I think you'd said this on the, even the stream, just like, we're still, fi- everyone's still figuring this. Like, it took how many years to, like, drill down Marvel 2? Yeah. To, like, really get to the heart of what, what's, what, what's I there. I would say at least three years before the rankings solidified there. And uh, any of the top Marvel players, excuse me, the top Marvel 3 players would... Uh, attest to the fact that this game has a much larger variety of viable characters or characters that are showing up right. uh, very far. I mean, you could look at the top tournament teams and they are diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few common elements that you'll see. You know, There's a few characters you see, definitely more than others, but uh, there's ways for all sorts of characters to be viable. So whatever the search space of like, how do we crack the code of like, who's the top of the top... Um, much bigger even than it was in Marvel 2, which mm. is uh, exciting times. And we actually got to talk. Uh, we had Brady Games on uh, Clockwork and Dr. Delight came on and talked uh, about that exactly, like working on the Ultimate Marvel 3 guide. And, like, you know, they've got – they can make this phone book-sized guide that's got all these breakdowns and frame data and this is plus one in a block, plus minus this, and just get super granular. But at the end of the day, they still have deadlines. They have to get this thing packaged and sent in time for a launch. So it's like they can't be 100% comprehensive. So even if on paper you look at a character and the guys and like, well, this character seems like it's going to be the best. It's like, nope. It's too many things like that the numbers don't infer. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's it's definitely not something you can just look at frame data and draw out. Yeah. Therefore, this guy wins. Yeah. No, not at all. And then the other thing, uh, this is actually something I enjoyed. I, I made sort of a, there have been a bunch of top players doing interesting stuff, um, you know, making their own character rankings, saying this is the characters mm. I think are on top. And I thought that was really cool, but I thought it also had sort of missed one of the big points of Marvel, which is the team aspect of it, because not only in Marvel 2, but certainly in Marvel 3, characters that you would not regard as being inherently strong characters play a critical role in making a team into a complete, you know, a really dominant squad. So you've got characters like Psylocke, who are not very good on their own in Marvel 2, but are absolutely essential to, you know, like Magneto, right, Storm yeah, yeah. teams, uh, that they, they make those characters into effective characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of... Uh, Captain Commando, another example, not great on his own, but uh, critical component of some of the best teams in the game. Um, so you're seeing a lot of that, or I wanted the conversation to move to that, and then Viscant, who actually won Evo last year, playing again what some people regarded as sort of a, a unorthodox team of Hagar, Phoenix, and uh, Wesker, um, has actually you know accepted that challenge, which I thought was awesome, and did a great ranking of uh, some teams mm. and why he thought those teams were the best. So again, even going beyond what the guide is capable of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going into not just who are the strong characters, but how to play up character strengths by accenting them with other characters used as assists or people you can DHC into and blah, blah, blah. I mean, right. I could really, I could uh, burn up all of our disc space say, talking it, about it, it this. Digs, needless to say, it digs down forever. Yeah. Like, there's not really a... Bo- maybe it, not forever, but at least for a couple more years. Say, if there's a know? bottom, we'll have... Uh, the divers will be dead by the time they get there. <laughs> so, yeah, looking very much forward to... Uh, we've got uh, CEO, um, the uh, down in Florida, great tournament that's going to be coming up this weekend. So I'll be looking forward to the action coming Ooh. out of that. And then that, I think... I Yeah, I hope I'm not overlooking another... Uh, big tournament uh, before Evo, but obviously I, I think we'll see some surprises there and a lot of pe- players, uh, you know, bringing out their A game yep. to, to go for the, the crown there. Cool, cool. And this will be my first Evo. I think Greg and I both will be our first Evos. Yep. Uh, hopefully not tethered to the booth too much because I do want to soak it up and uh, actually <laughs> actually enjoy it. Uh, we'll go into break real quick. Uh, actually, we didn't have time because of, you know, 
being out of the office for a week for uh, E3 has left us with a pile of emails and logistics to sort through. <laughs> but we'll have a community interview returned with the next uh, the next podcast. Uh, so I thought this time I actually pull the audio from uh, when Ruben Langdon came on uh, on our stream. And we'll be back in a bit. Ruben Langdon here. Uh, I bet there's a bunch of people in the chat who actually already know some of your work. Oh wow! The list every year the list just keeps getting longer and longer. Uh, my first big big job with Capcom was uh, Devil May Cry 3. Nice. I did the motion capture and the voice for Dante. Uh, then we did Devil May Cry 4, obviously. Same thing. Uh, worked on Basara. Uh, was Dante Masamune um, the voice for that? Um, and uh, Resident Evil 5, Chris Redfield, uh, the voice of Ken Masters in Street Fighter. I was going to say, you're channeling Ken very well right yeah, now. Okay, yeah, I got the Ken mode in. Yeah. Got the red, it's the red shirt. It's the red shirt that's, 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 that's just in the mule with the top. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so for characters, and just lo lots and lots of zombies and lots of different that's Capcom awesome. projects. Um, and uh, recently, Steel Battalion did some acting in that. So do you generally lean more one way, like... If you had your druthers, would you like lean more towards mocap voice acting? Like? I I like both. I like yeah. I like uh, Dante to me is the perfect role because I got to do both. You know, yeah. both did, the motion capture. It simultaneously, like when you're doing the motion, they also record your voice. Um, some games do, but traditionally for Capcom, we we usually do it separate. Um, we we do the motion capture first, and then we'll come in, and then we'll do the voiceover. Afterwards, we'll we'll use uh, either the same actor, or in the case of Devil May Cry. Or uh, like in uh, Resident Evil, different actors. We get Rod like for me, for Roger, uh, for Chris Redfield, Roger Craig Smith came in and dubbed over the voice to my body movement. Huh. So that's awesome. Uh, and then from there, we uh, more recently I've been getting more and more into producing, and we've been my company Just Cause Productions, uh, just now now known as Just Cause Entertainment. Actually, we uh, we do a lot of the cutscenes for Capcom games. Uh, Resident Evil 5, Devil May Cry, where we'll produce, uh, edit, and work with Capcom on, on actually getting it incorporated into the game and kind of doing casting yeah. and getting getting that cinematic experience yeah. working with the game. It's an area like game development that you kind of take for granted when you're playing. Right. You just think like a bunch of programmers in a room made it. It's like it, it, development extends so far beyond even the people who write the code. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. And it's really now it's 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 that it's that interactive experience, which movies and we're you know I think by by human nature we're kind of in tune to the movie experience yeah, yeah. and what video games are is uh, interactive experience. And now that those two worlds are just merging every day, and and the more we get we're getting into it uh, with games like Resident Evil Six, which I was just playing in the back. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a real. It's got a, it's got a long line. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> It's a it's a real merge of, of both interactive playing, film viewing. It's just it's just it's a, this new experience that technology is able to allow us to have. Yeah. Uh, Nuka Cola asking if there's one Capcom character you wish you could voice. Who uh, might it be? Well, if although you're uh, yeah. the ones you've got are pretty good. Things. Yeah, I can't I can't complain. Uh, Ken Masters <laughs> and Dante. Dante. Yeah, a little. Yeah. I don't know if I'm quite the material for Chung Lee, but. Yeah. Not quite on the wish list, but uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. I can't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just wanting you to say things. There's been oh, a yeah, lot of line like, requests. All right, we'll do. We'll, 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 I see back. the Shoryuken in there, but uh, but how about a Tatsumaki Senpukek? There it is. Or uh, we can do a Shoryuken. There we go. Oh, and besides the Ken. <laughs> oh, and then you, the obviously. Uh, the, the jackpot. So now it's just become like a whole repeat. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, it's turned into do this one. Do that one. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, what are you doing at E3? Just kind of taking a look cookie. at the show. Taking or? a look, you know, seeing, 
you know, I was just actually I was just playing Devil May Cry or DMC, I should say. Nice. And uh, and I'm I'm I was just gonna tweet actually. Uh, I finally played DMC, and I can tell the fans out there who've been posting every day on my Facebook page, uh, you know, this and that and blah blah blah. This and that is a kind way to put yeah. it. right. Rest your minds, guys. It is awesome. It is. It is. I've been saying this you can't for a really long beat time. that endorsement. Uh, well, yeah, I've been playing this. I've been saying this for a long time. I said, look, I don't know. Don't stop asking me because I haven't played the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, go play the game and then make your decision. Yeah. I just play the game. It is awesome. Nice. It is kick ass. It is everything that Devil May Cry was and then some. So um, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's a good, I it's think a good that's funny. It, it feels it feels just like the old Devil May Cry. There's a lot of new features and and cool gameplay. And I mean, I played it hard because I was like, I played all through the whole demo that you guys, yeah. I, I went through it all the way and I even played the last boss and beat the last boss. Yeah, yeah. So it was like 30 minutes at least, maybe 45 minutes back there just playing it so I could like, nice. so I could tell the fans for real, you know, yeah. all right, this is this is the lowdown. Not a, but not a, not a snap judgment. Exactly. No, yeah. it, it was really hats off to you guys for, for or to Ninja Theory or whoever's, yeah. you know. It's, it's super collaborative with Ninja Theory in Japan. Yeah. Like they're both like really coming together and the game is progressed it's, like a lot. I, I love the, uh, the the whole world and the idea of this kind of demon world that, that shifts while you can still kind of see the humans. And I, yeah, I mean, yeah. just uh, creatively, uh, everything is, is, is awesome. I'm just... Yeah, I'm a little bummed that I wasn't part of it. Of course, yeah. But uh, as a game and as a gamer myself, it's it's awesome. Good. So, uh, what, like, what's next for you? Like, anything big on the horizon? Uh, lots of that stuff you can actually say. that I can actually say. Uh, that is lots the of stuff. Of the business. Uh, well, I, all I can say is we did get um, my company did get a uh, credit in the trailer for Resident Evil Six. Yeah. Uh, so our name is in there. That's all I can really go in there, and more than that, I can't go into much yeah. details. You can connect the dots. But yeah. I'm sure everybody can connect the dots. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having chatting. me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I have one question sure, real sure. quick go as a it. fan. Uh, so when they had Dante surfing on that missile, <laughs> well, how would you do that? <laughs> well, the beauty of motion capture is we don't actually have to go out and surf on missiles. So that, that's so dangerous. Not authentic, you're selling me. Well, no, I was surfing, kind of, in, in place and just... Giving the vibe that I am on a missile, That's and awesome. uh, but we do that with a lot of mocap. Mo it's uh, it, it's a lot of cheating. We can. Right. It's all about just giving the feeling and the and the acting. So were you like doing. just surfing on the floor? Literally, there was a piece. Of, there was a tape, uh, a line of tape on the floor, yeah. and I was just standing there, you know, acting like I didn't have my balance and I'm like, you know, surfing <laughs> oh this my missile. God. So sorry, guys. guys. Sorry, fans. I wasn't really. <laughs> but that, you know, footage of that somewhere. I guess the question is, could I surf on a missile? Absolutely. Yes. There you have and, it. Put this uh, to the test. That, that, as long that as there are no follow-up questions. Yes, exactly. So it can be done. Did I do it? <laughs> well, uh, it can't not be done. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being on. Bye, guys. We are back and going straight into digital deals with Greg and Goblins. Yes, that is the one. Um, so Did not have the sound. We don't have the song today, so just uh, it's, everybody sing. This is kind of an unofficial one then, quite yeah. honestly. So, yeah, we got a bunch of DLC up. Um, if you are playing Dragon's Dogma, you will be pleased to know that From a Different Sky sets one through four. This is an ongoing series of uh, add-on quests. Uh, it'll eventually add up to 100 of them, and they're being released in uh, 10 quest uh, apportionments. Uh, one through four are now available for a buck each, or 80 Microsoft points. Um, in addition, if you got an Xbox 360, you can get early access to the notice board, I'm sorry, notice board quests, The Chosen, which is uh, going for 240 Microsoft points. And it's just some more quests for you to sink those teeth into. Um, then uh, if you're a Street Fighter Cross Tekken player, there's a whole bevy of new stuff. There's a 
Street Fighter Tekken Swap Costume com- Complete Pack, which is going for seventeen ninety nine or fourteen forty MSP. Uh, there's a free color palette. Once again, this is palette four. Um, we've got some colors. Boost- yes, yes. The colors, Duke. Anyone remember that? The colors, Duke. Is that Maybe a critic was, joke? No, it was a commercial from like nineteen ninety six. I think I don't know why that came to mind. Um, <laughs> just a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Skittles or Not something. Not for anything. It was some kind <laughs> of... From yeah. the ad council. <laughs> Remember the commercials for the ad council? Yes. That was weird. It's, uh, yeah. All right. Free colors on uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Right. Uh, way, also, way we got colors. Gem Pack 5 and 6. Um, I'm sorry. Let me back up. That's the Street Fighter Boost Gem Pack 5 and 6, as well as the Tekken Boost Gem Pack 5 and 6. Those are each going for a buck. Um you also got your World Warrior pack, which uh, does anyone know what that is? Because I don't. Uh, I believe those are the pre-order packs that were originally retailer oh. specific are now out. Um, so if you had pre-ordered them, ah uh, yes, you know you okay. can pick up the ones you didn't get if you'd pre-ordered it from so we've a got, particular retailer. Yeah, so we've got the World Warrior pack, the Iron Curtain pack, and the Lightning Legs pack. There they the, are. The uh, Cross Arts pack and King of Iron Fist pack. Yeah. Those are each a buck or eighty Microsoft points. And uh, another cross Tekken news: the uh, patch to fix the projectile bug, where when things touch each other, it breaks, uh, <laughs> is fixed. Uh, Knives or, or, and fireballs, not friends. Yeah, they're friends now. Well, they, they just yeah. they, they just they disagree in a different game conducive way, <laughs> right. in a less game crashy way. Yeah. Yay! So uh, that went up uh, this week. Um, should be as of this recording, everything is all clear and safe. Everybody back in the pool. Jaws has been demolished. We put a CO2 tank in his mouth and blew it up, and now cross Tekken is safe for everyone at Amityville. Is that the name of the beach? No. Amityville is the other place that's scary. That's with the horror. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. What is it? The horror house. Amity Beach? It's something like Amityville. Yeah. You're, you're, now you've confused my brain. The point is, Jaws is an excellent movie, <laughs> and I like my analogy of blowing it up. And Roy Scheider. Oof. I would also. I think I may have already uh, mentioned this on our last podcast. I can't remember how long it's been, but I think it warrants an extra shout out. Uh, Dead Rising Two Off the Record is now available as a downloadable title on PSN. It was already up on uh, Games on Demand, but now it's on PSN as well. Nineteen ninety nine. The game is a veritable blastoise of entertainment. That is a Pokemon, by it's the way. A, Not a word. It's. Uh, Fun time. Blastoise is the evolution of War Turtle. It's. <laughs> I'm just. Getting I'm dead serious. Left and right here. I'm dead serious. <laughs> As it should be. It's a blast. If I'm going by it's my numbers, maybe what Pokemon Six? Experience. Sorry. It's either Pokemon Six or Pokemon Twelve. I can't remember. Bulbasaur is number one. That's the point of this story. Greg is looking maybe towards you. the door and getting ready to flee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Wasn't expecting this all this heat from digital deals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was just trying to share some deals. Yeah. What? Um, and I like that please, too, if, off the record. If you uh, get off the record, please play with me. <laughs> Shoot me a PM on Unity. Yeah, because you tore through it pretty quick, or at least the guts, the, the core of, of it anyway. I like uh, setting up zombies in embarrassing situations <laughs> and taking photographs of them. What if that zombie tries to run for Congress someday? This, oh, Think of all the compromising photos you Shouldn't have been standing there. Yeah, Shouldn't have been bit. Uh, also, patch notes, uh, Operation Raccoon City PS3 360 got uh, 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 another... Not one, but two... Not I think two, I think this is the third patch. But three patches, that's right. Went live uh, this week and it addressed like I, I posted a list in the forum and it's not a it's not a comprehensive list cuz you know the minutia of this weapon did this two points or whatever. But in general, uh changed a lot of, you know, filled with a lot of the weapon power, damage, things like that, um distance from knockback for certain guns, but also more importantly, addressed AI concerns for enemy and team AI. Um matchmaking uh improved, uh you can see, like and then other things like you know, pick, you can pick up items while dashing. You can take cover immediately after dive rolling. Or, you know, just a lot of there's a, a list in there, but a lot of fixes people have been asking for. So um, you asked, they're listening. They did it. Yeah, they were still there. Uh, we I remember we the email chain started like a month or so ago. Like we've got some feedback. Let's start working on a patch, which is easier than like you know, it's not the way DLC works where you're gonna the game is out now. Let's begin creating the DLC add-on. Like yeah. DLC has begun. Well, in advance of the launch date, as 
most case, 99% of the cases with DLC? I would say uh, every case from every publisher okay. in history. All right. I, I was gonna, I just wanted to leave the 1% chance that maybe some. No, no, I'm sure, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the patches is definitely something you wait for. Uh, obviously, you have to wait for the feedback. But they, they were listening, and uh, there's some stuff up there. So hopefully it's a little cleaner experience, a little more fluid. Um, so look for your further feedback on that. I don't know if their eyes are open for more, but you know they did get three patches so far. So they were listening. And uh, let's see what else. And also uh, Mega Man X2 came out on the Virtual Console this week. Um, been out in Europe and Japan for a while. And uh, is the last of the X games I was super familiar with. Um, and then uh, 4, I guess, is the next one that I, re- that I played. Ooh, game concept, Mega Man... At the X Games. At the X Games. I'm actually thoroughly pleased that, that never happened because X was big when the X Games blew know, up. And I'm like, like, ooh, Mega Man X Games. Do you tie in? Because we got, we got Mega Man's Soccer, which is very close to them going, well, why don't we just do Mega Man's X Games? <laughs> so, Would you have X in the X Games or would you go with... You'd have to have X in the X Games. Really? Why? Because it's the it X Games. seems weird to have X in the X Games. Then wouldn't it be Mega Man XX Games? Mega Man X's game. And the sequel could be Mega Man XXX. Oh, games. With, it used to be a Dave Mira game, but we changed the name to <laughs> not Dave Mira. All right, let's go out of the dead zone and somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> Looking beyond digital uh, updates and new games uh, coming digitally, uh, Tuesday has a new box game, an actual <laughs> physical game in a box that you buy. Boxes, everybody. Put them really on your exists shelf. exists and everything. Yeah, it's the release of Steel Battalion Heavy Armor, which Greg Woo! has been uh, handling on Unite. Time for combat, guys. <laughs> but you just gave away recently that that backpack that was actually really cool, like piece cool. of chachi. That's the coolest thing I think I've given away at Capcom. It was a press kit. But think of all the stuff I could put in it. You could put your yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. It had a bunch of military goodies in there, including its own uh, meals ready to eat. It was beef ravioli with meat sauce and a cool canteen and like portable silverware and stuff. It was pretty yeah. cool. It's cool. Um, so yeah, that game comes out. The uh, tagline is "War Inside and Out," which I think you will find is quite apt. Huh, very clever. It is. Uh, yeah, because uh, the deal is you're inside this vertical tank, which is manned by a little squad of dudes, and um, it's a it's a small squad of regular sized dudes. It's a that's what I said. A little squad of dudes. I don't know. For some reason, it made me think the squad was miniature. It's a the squad is. The squad, is, the squad is full scale. Right. Get your messaging straight. The squad is little. The dudes are not. I did not say a that's squad the, of that, little dudes. That's the other tagline. I was careful to word it that way. Takeaway. All right. <laughs> Point is, it uses so, Connect and the controller in tandem to play right, the game. Yeah, right. yeah. So you're inside the vertical tank, and you got your squad mates, and uh, it's very... Um, I want to use a less depressing word than depressing but <laughs> that's the, gr- the grimness mean, of war it shows the gr- yeah it shows it in uh great detail you know you're actually interacting with your squad mates and uh watching them lose their sanity a little bit sometimes you have to pull them back in they try to retreat or arms um, or yeah or you pull in what's left of them yeah or slap them uh, back you into just slap sense. them silly I uh, tried to play it at Captivate, and the first thing that happened was it asked me to shake a guy's hand, and I put my hand out, and I guess I was maybe standing too close, so the Kinect thing was freaked out by the lights in the room, but I did not get to shake the guy's hand, and he's like, fine, sorry, Sarge, <laughs> and he walked away, and I'm like, well, uh, can I do that again? Can I try? I don't mean to slight this man. Right. <laughs> that probably hurt your squad integrity, I, well, like, yeah, from the beginning, the, like, more, that... More, that stuff matters too, like the way you take care of your squad affects yeah, yeah, your gameplay. That, uh, you know, great, I'm already off to a horrible. When your start. squad right. mate, you know, if your squad mate dies, which can happen if you don't do what you need to do, um, that squad mate is dead forever, obviously. And then Oof. Um, that's not like and real then you have to all. pick up the slack and do what that squad mate. Yeah, is you don't doing. you don't just get another. You don't get like a new dude who just like right. slots in. You just gotta handle his stuff. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. And then obviously the outside of that tagline being that you're also shooting things outside your mech. Or, yeah. sorry, your well, it's a whole tank. it's a whole world war in a, in a situation where, I mean, I don't think we're giving too much away by saying, like, you know, computer chips have ceased to function. Right. So it's it's what, what does war look like in a sort of, uh, not, a, not a post-apocalyptic world, but a very heavily changed 
yeah. non-digital world. Where we still have all the same skyscrapers and stuff we had before, but just like we don't have no, we ain't got oh, no iPhone. more computers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sky, skyscrapers don't work anymore. Yep, they've stopped working. Exactly. Remember when all the Y2K stuff was happening, people were talking about how like guns won't fire and you're going yeah. to be, gonna be sh- stabbing each other with sticks. And oh, that's true. Cars before like 1970. No, cars, yeah. Three, I yeah. think. Something's, no, maybe not. Uh, probably in the mid 70s. But he's saying like guns wouldn't even shoot. And I'm like, I, I agree. Everything stops. Not <laughs> Fires correct. don't light. Actually, it's <laughs> funny you mention that because my, I had a roommate for a while in college who said his family was a little uh, I don't, maybe conservative or... Where you mean like miniature conservatives or full size conservatives, <laughs> but just I mean miniature. And where are they in the mech, people. by the way? They were well. He said when they were preparing for Y two K, they bought like two vats, not not like cans, but vats of gasoline and like a whole set of like M uh, sixteens and grenades oh, or something. Geez. like that. I would have led with the M sixteens. That's really the remarkable part of that story for me. Yeah. Stocking up on gas. But if they oh, were also fire, a crate of M16s. You know, I bought some hand grenades too, just Can you buy an M16? They know that guns would cease to work in the year Y2K. <laughs> in the year year 2K. It's in the year 2K. Um, but yeah, that, so that's out. What was it? An actual date? June 19th? Uh, 19th in America, 22nd in Europe. Cool, Take cool. that, Europe. Yes. We win. And then uh, kind of closing us out, because, again, this episode is kind of a abridged show, still close to an hour anyway because of our rambling, but, um, you know, kind of picking up pieces here, just getting back from E3, and then also knowing that Evo and Comic-Con are close by. Um, next episode, we'll have the usual roster of interview, and we'll do a community question and all that kind of good stuff, because the last community question I actually really liked, and I liked the answers about uh, games with good combat in them, and I just want to dig into that. Didn't have time, but uh, next episode... But I didn't want to close uh, just kind of talking about... Uh, I finally started playing Dragon's Dogma, and I've actually Ooh. spent... And, like, two of my friends, like, independently, they don't even know each other, like, messaged me, hey, I just bought this game randomly because I finished Skyrim, like, a dozen times in different ways and just wanted something else kind of like that. And there's not an equivalent of that right now that does kind of the same things. And Dogma is not quite a Skyrim game in the way you play it at all. Um, it's definitely got that Capcom aspect of being very difficult but is you know it's i wouldn't go so far as like a dark souls thing where the bit is how you know how challenging it Mm -hmm. is it's just more of like there's a there's an escalating challenge of gameplay here that dogma does very well yeah it's it's there's a toughness there too yeah yeah it's uh there's definitely some thorny parts obviously walking around at night yeah you can well definitely there's not like level scaling on the enemies so you can find yourself up very quickly outclassed if you walk into the wrong part of town or or the forest, or whatever. I roamed be. through the wrong part of the woods, and I alerted a dragon that I didn't know was there. Yeah, and he That's killed a, all of us. Yeah, I think many dogma players have faced that moment. <laughs> it is. But that's actually what it would be like to be adventuring. Like, yeah. I mean, the idea of like the yeah. the enemies will scale with you. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. that's there's I like just that. bad stuff in the forest. Yeah, I do like that. You know, and I had Francis. to, and I had to make it. Uh, like I did this mission that took me to the other side of the map, and then I had to get back. Which again, you know, fast travel would have helped, but I didn't have enough <laughs> money for the fairy stones or waystones, whatever. The fairy, fairy stones. stones. Fairy stones. Um, so I had to walk back at night, and I'm like, well. This is going to suck. Mm. And very slowly, very saving, like every three steps, like staying on the road, and then the yeah. road gets too dark, and I can't. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't I don't know if you use the lantern if it, like, alerts enemies even better, or if I, like, sneak in the mm. dark if I am like, a little extra layer of hidden. I don't. I'm not so sure. So I don't want to say that that's true anymore, but that was true at one point in development, that oh. actually using a light would attract. The enemies? Well, not all enemies. Oh. Certain enemies Certain. were attracted to the light, and uh, and they were not once you wanted to fight. So there was actually some advantages to going dark, but you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Because it's not like the happy night where it's like, eh, full moon, and it's yeah. clear, and then, well, it's gorgeous. It's scary. It's the dark, it, that's, it's scary dark. That's what I, I did like, but I, I didn't feel like cheated every time I would, I would die, or like, I don't know, knowing you can save anywhere certainly helps, and just, mm-hmm. just in general, I've been really enjoying, and it's a game that like, I haven't had this in a while, where like, I play and i look up and it's been five hours and i haven't really done anything like i've powered up a lot of weapons i've sold a lot of things i've been in a lot of menus and i maybe did a side quest then i ran around town then i think hey can i climb up on top of that roof (laughs) and then like follow the roof line back to a point where like oh i bet i can totally get up here 
Yeah. Oh, but I need to double jump. I'm going to go grind tight. No, got to double jump now. Yes, now I'm on the roofs. Eat it, everybody. <laughs> got to spend like two hours doing that. And then, oh, right, quests. Crap, it's, it's midnight and I got to work. So it's such an easy game to get lost in, and I, you know, it's it, hard for the, yeah. the hands-on, even the demo that we released, it's hard to get that across, like the, just the experimenting, the experimental it's nature. very, very uh, I mean, for a game that has almost literally nothing in common with GTA, my yeah. play experience is like that of GTA, where I just, yeah, I would, you know, occasionally would remember to go back and do some missions, but mostly just wanted to muck around and like yeah. have a good time. Um, well, GTA takes it in a different direction, I mean, this is... Yeah, really not a GTA-like game. No, and a, ironically, the GTA, I mean, the shooting and the actual combat and kind of stuff in GTA was kind of the worst part, at least back in the day. Right. Uh, whereas in this game, it's amazing. The like, bread and butter of the game is like, yeah. I want to get in a big fight and have this <laughs> ogre like Hulk Hogan drop kick me <laughs> while he's on fire. And that ogre, that, that ogre is such a jerk. Like, I jump on his back, I will stab you. And he just like... Body splash, but with his back. Yeah, <laughs> with, which is exactly what you would do. You would if totally, you were that dude. If I was a giant I, monster, I'm like, oh really? Guess what? <laughs> I smash you with my back as I land on the ground. That's, and it's like, yeah. and I'm like, I don't fault this for happening because that's what he should do. It's like Genius. before you were saying, uh, like you somehow managed to get onto the bottom of a uh, cyclops's <laughs> foot, yeah. and sure enough, he stomped you to death. I jumped and hit our like a right trigger at the moment the Cyclops raised his leg, grabbed the bottom of his foot, and then he's like, "All right, <laughs> dead." Like, and I'm like, and I just laughed. I'm like, "Wow, I totally deserved that. Yeah. What an idiot!" But sure that's the feeling I, I got, and that actually, when you know, when I got reverse body slammed by the ogre, that was one of the things that made me really fall in love with the combat because, yeah. you know, I mean, I obviously Skyrim doesn't need our praises, and it was a great game, and I had a ton of fun playing again and again with different stuff, but it's one of those things where. I remember even just early on in the game where I'd run, be walking down the path and, you know, run into a bear or something with yeah. a few hit points yeah. and be sort of outclassed at the time. And I would like, I'm going to stand on this rock and <laughs> shoot my lame fireball at this bear until it dies slowly. And yeah. the bear is like, I am trying to get up the small rock, but I can't do it. And yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I mean, and that's fine, but there's something sort of fundamentally like unrealistic about that kind con- like. If a bear was actually having fire shot in its face by a dude he sort of couldn't get to, yeah. would he just keep sort of mindlessly charging at the fire, fiery thing? Like, I must claw you. Oh, God, I've been killed. Yeah. No, of course not. And then this ogre, like, a dude on his back, of course you would flop onto your back and squish that guy. Yeah. And it, it totally, I don't know. I've I, noticed I really the, like that. I've noticed the wolves are particularly aggressive. Like, mm. oh, no, you've burned my entire pack. Well, I'll be the one to bite you to death. <laughs> oh, no, I'm on fire. <laughs> Wolves. Well, but that's you know uh, they do run away sometimes. Oh, do they? Maybe you haven't seen it yet. But no, they maybe just you have to keep be a little getting... higher level. But okay. yeah, they eventually just run away. Their well, that's good because I don't want to keep killing wolves because the deer you, population yeah. will go out of control. If you and only kill a hundred wolves, and no, but if you kill hundred fifty wolves, then they learn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll be the show this week. But I, I just like really dig playing Dogma. But like we're gonna we're looking. Greg and I have been talking about things we can do with it over the over the summer. Want to do some fun stuff. Um, We'll do some stuff with pawns, maybe some uh, some kind of hunts that we could arrange because, you know, the screenshot grabbing contest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Greg, Except- you were going to show people how to get the, the rest of the ferry, the fast travel items. There's a, I wanted to talk a little more about port crystals, uh, yeah, which yeah. let you, uh, you can plant them anywhere you want. Uh, more or less yep. in the world of Granzis and so, teleport there. Greg's going to get a post up about that. And then just generally, I mean, I've seen that it's like the number one like game, you know, talk, of being talked about like on GameFAQs and other sites that just like there's a lot of things to talk about because even the the game doesn't spell them out so clearly for you. Um, and there is a huge Brady Games guide that's, as usual, been very good as, as you know, the MVC and uh, Cross Tekken guides very thorough. This Dogma guide similarly the same case but mm-hmm. even then there's just so much stuff and it's a game ripe for conversation and uh for experimentation so we want to try to have some fun with that over the summer in between all the shows so we have packs well not packs we have evo coming up which we'll be at and then obviously san diego comic-con's a big show for us gamescom is always a big one tokyo game show tokyo game show pax prime new york comic-con obviously we'll be at all of them there'll be stuff to say at all of them and uh and knowing what I know now, the next year is actually pretty cool. There's Definitely a, some awesome stuff. There's stuff that I can't wait to say. Some of it's still in the work. Some of it's just being talked about. But some of it is definitely happening, and it's like, that's cool. I'm excited. So beginning of the second half of the year, I'm beginning with a spring in my step, and I feel pretty good. So uh, Without warning, too. Without warning, too? What? 
No, that's not what we'll be announcing. Sorry. Oh, that will trying to end yes. on an anticlimactic note. Yes, thank you for taking the steam out of my happy flag. Fox Hunt three. Fox Hunt three straight to three. That's right. Comes bundled with two. <laughs> At last. All right, so we'll close actually this week with uh, let's do Flame Stag from Mega Man X two. Because Greg, why do you wince at Flame Stag? Uh, go on, <laughs> it's a, it's a Flamey Stag, <laughs> Flame Stag, Wheel Gator. Come on, this is badass. Yeah, Wheel Gator, dude. Come on, it's bad already. Overdrive Ostrich. Good, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, but uh, no, I, I Wheel Gator. I actually asked on Twitter, like, what's your favorite M- Mega Man X two song? And uh, actually, Arm Cannon, the guys from uh, Arm Cannon Twitter. Wait, was there a is there a Wheel Gator on Twitter? No, Wheel Gator is just in the game. I know. You said Wheel Gator on Twitter asked. No, I asked on Twitter, Okay, what is your favorite? I was excited that there was somebody no. who had a fake Personified. Twitter account as Wheel Gator. I wish. Like, <laughs> well, there probably is. Awesome. is. There probably is. get on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I asked, sense. and uh, more than one person said Flamestag. Obviously, it's a game full of good music because it's Mega Man. But uh, Arm Cannon actually, you know, in their cover band that does a lot of good stuff, and they're like, Flamestag, like, done. So we'll close out with that, and uh, we'll see you back here in a couple weeks for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Check us on CapcomUnity.com, uh, twitch.tv slash CapcomUnity for our streams, uh, which this week is Me- Greg's Mega Man 6 stream, by the way. Ooh. And then I'll be doing Mega Man... Sure th- to be filled with many a death. Many yeah, a death. I'm not uh, ready. And then Mega Man 7 <laughs> next month, I assure you, I will be dying, because I that's maybe the one I'm the least familiar with. So uh, Seven's a doozy. <laughs> Whoops-a-doodle. So thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.